Hello, I'm TRG, the rambling gambler. I wear a vest to stay organized and a ring with a podcast logo on it when I gamble. My dad sold plumbing supplies. Welcome to episode 33 of our podcast. I appreciate you listening today. I want to get started quickly, but I need to do the disclaimer first. Everyone, do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay bills. Past performance does not indicate what future outcomes will be. If you have a gambling problem, call a problem gambling hotline. If you can't find that number for a problem gambling hotline, email help at casinocombat.com. We will email you the number. Everything in the podcast is as accurate as possible. I give people aliases as a courtesy when including them in the podcast. Sometimes things happen that don't result in any money being won or lost. I skip those parts. Okay, now that we've done the NPR intro, let's do the Casino Combat intro for this episode. It's me, it's TRG, the rambling gambler, a vest-wearing, ring-bearing, son of a salesman. This is Six the Hard Way episode of our Casino Combat Podcast. That's 3-3, three, three, folks. In numerology, 11, 22, and 33 represent mankind's connection to the divine. 33 is the most advanced number on the spiritual path and is called the master teacher. The master number 33 represents pure love. Its heart is made of nothing but warm light, and the universe has trusted it to shine this light on humanity. Well, that is certainly a lot for an episode and a podcast host to live up to. But I always do this podcast from a place of pure love for all my fellow gamblers, and I am on a mission to shine the light of knowledge on our ability to gamble for a profit and entertainment, not just for entertainment. So let's get this started. Non-binary persons, gentlemen, ladies, the imaginary dragons, do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you. We will make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been all to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. So thematically linking the episode number using numerology, which I know nothing about, by the way, to the episode contents, which I started last episode, is turning out to be a bigger challenge than I thought. Probably should have done some more research. Um, and I'm also sure that uh, probably at some point in time, somewhere, Someone's going to find this podcast for the first time and listen to just the first little bit of the NPR piece and go, this is dumb, and they're going to miss the fact that it was a joke. But uh, hopefully somebody out there gets the joke and enjoys it. Um, If 33 is the master teaching number, I'm going to do my best to teach well in this episode. With that in mind, I received a question this week that I see a lot online. So I'll do a question segment and talk about going to Vegas as cheaply as possible. I'm going to do a core concept segment this week and focus on having and or using a casino host, which is part of having and using a player's card. I have a lot to cover in the travel segment this week, a couple different pieces of a couple different trips. 
the week started with our, our last two days of living the casino lifestyle at the Caesars property we like. You may remember we ended the week in last week's episode with some nice wins to go along with the free stuff. So I need to share the results from the rest of that trip and an overnight ramble through my home casino and Casino One. So I have those results and observations as well. In the VIP lounge, I'm honestly stuck, folks. We're going to have a VIP lounge segment. I guarantee you we're going to have a VIP lounge segment. I just have to figure out what it's going to be by the time we get there. And I'm feeling the pressure about this master teacher thing a little bit, and that's probably not helping. Before I run through the podcast basics, I did find out a useful piece of information this week from our online allies. MGM is tier level matching to the levels you have earned in competitors' reward systems until at least the end of April, I'm sorry, at least the end of March 2021, the end of March 2021. Their website has a state-by-state list of the competitors they will match with, and it's very extensive. If you are thinking that's normal, they usually do that, why is he making a big deal out of it? I would say you're right, but they changed the fine print for this promotion. They will now do the match even if you already have a player's card with them. If that doesn't seem like a meaningful difference, let me walk you through it. I joined the MGM reward system decades ago, just like I joined the reward systems for almost every casino on the Las Vegas Strip. And for a long time, I never got above the first tier in any system. I just wasn't near any of those casinos often enough or gambling enough money when I was there to level up. So when more casinos popped up near me that were part of some of the national brands, I started leveling up. And I'd be refused a tier match because I already had a membership in their casino reward system. I was already in the computer, so I wasn't getting the I wasn't getting the tier match. So, as I said, no MGM match for me. But now, when I'm in Las Vegas this coming weekend, because of the change in the fine print, since I have that diamond card that I made a special trip to earn at the end of December, and since they no longer exclude people for already having a card, I'll show them that diamond card and they will print me out a shiny new gold tier three card for the MGM system. And I'll get to enjoy those benefits, such as they are right now, for the rest of the year. I said before, I took the Vegas trip the last time to finish my points for last year. And I told you that it would pay dividends during all of 2021. And it certainly is. If you have a third tier or higher card in some system other than MGM's, and if you have access to an MGM property, you may want to take advantage of this opportunity and get yourself upgraded in the MGM system as well. And by the way, I now know what we're going to talk about in the VIP lounge. I got by that uh, that little bit of a block there creatively. We're going to talk about the entire TRG family not really understanding how casino tiers worked and being annoyed by them in Atlantic City. Kind of an inside look at the rambling gambler when he was certainly not a master teacher. Quickly, the basics of the podcast for anyone listening for the first time. There are games in the podcast. They are explained in detail in episode 22. There are prizes. There have been winners, and you are welcome to play. We are on social media by way of Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You are encouraged to participate by liking, reviewing, sharing, subscribing, all that social media stuff. All of the links are on the Casino Combat website. There is a Casino Combat channel on YouTube, and more importantly, there is a boot camp playlist that covers all of the core concepts of Casino Combat in short segments. You can learn the fundamentals of gambling for a profit in less than 90 minutes, and without listening to any of my attempts at humor or stories or NPR intros for that matter. Look, feel free to mock and ridicule, that's fine, but I have a slot strategy that follows most of the principles of Casino Combat. Everything but the part about 
playing a game with a very low house advantage. I'm not claiming it actually works yet. I'm not claiming it actually works yet. Our last eight winning months in a row may be a statistical anomaly. But I try to tell you everything I do. If you want to know exactly what we've done to win money playing slots with our own money for the past eight months, you can get a copy for free by sending me an email via trg at casinocombat.com, combat spelled with a K, of course, and include the word slot tactics in the subject line, S-L-O-T-T-A-C-T-I-C-S. I'll email you a link to download the book, and free means free. At this point, I have nothing to sell. So here we go. End it all right away. Next up, questions my sons ask. What? What? So, my sons ask questions. In fact, right now, since we're going to Las Vegas this coming weekend, the young squire, my youngest son, is asking a lot of questions. He's getting ready to try to do casino combat for the first time. And listeners ask questions, and Billy and T-Rex do their best to field questions online to help people out. This week, I got an email from Jonathan R., and all three of us see this in the online space regularly, so I thought I'd talk about it today. Jonathan R. writes... I found your podcast by accident while planning my first trip to Las Vegas in a couple months. I'm going to listen to all the episodes, but I need to know right away how to get the free rooms and free stuff that you get. Could you answer that in the next podcast episode, please? Well, Jonathan, I'm going to point you in the right direction on this one, and you're welcome to send me some follow-up emails after you get started if you have other questions, but this is a huge topic. I mean, entire websites are devoted to kind of the question you're asking. And some books as well, I'm sure. I'll lay out some resources for you in a minute. But at one level, the answer to your question is, no, I can't tell you how. I really can't. I can't tell you how to get the free rooms and gifts and comps on your first visit. Now, I'm assuming from your question that you can't just wire a casino half a million dollars to get their attention. If you can, that will get their attention. I mean, I assume, I've never actually done it, but I would expect it to get their attention. Maybe I should say it that way. So, minus something like that, something flashy, you know, owning a big company, something like that, that's just not going to happen. So, the other trick that I would normally tell you, if you were traveling like a year from now, I'd, I'd tell you to use the, the My Vegas app from MGM and spin the free coins diligently, and you can spin your way to a, a few comped hotel nights from MGM if, if you use that app. I've never heard of anyone managing to get to a free room in six or eight weeks. And I haven't been super diligent. And I haven't been super aggressive with it. And I've been doing it for a couple years. And I would just barely qualify for a couple nights at a couple of the properties. Here's this thing. Normally any casino, Las Vegas or anywhere else, you have to spend some money up front and then do some gambling to start getting the free stuff on future visits. If you gamble larger sums of money, you could book a reservation on your credit card, charge everything to your room, gamble a whole bunch, and then at the end of the trip, ask a host if they could comp you back anything that you've spent. And they'd look at your play and they might or might not. Gamble enough and you will get the free stuff on the first trip. But I'm not talking about $25 hands for an hour. You're going to need to be a lot more than that for a lot longer than that. So assuming that big gambling isn't really on your agenda and then asking on the way back, or assuming you don't want to put up all the money up front and put up a large amount of money, um, I'm not going to leave you high and dry here. There's plenty of free stuff available in Las Vegas, and the web is a great tool for sorting things out. 
the first resource I'm going to point you to is a website called Las Vegas How To. Search the website for the words Fun Book. They will point you to a variety of free drinks, meals, shows, and attractions that you can get by asking various casinos for a fun book. The second resource I want to mention is LasVegasAdvisor.com. They have a coupon book that you can buy that is full of coupons for free stuff, buy one, get one offers, etc., 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 all over Las Vegas. Better, the website shows you all of the coupons in the book before you buy it, so you can decide if you're going to get value out of what the book costs. You have time to get a hold of one of those books before your trip. In fact, for a first trip, you can base your entire trip out of using as many of the coupons as possible. You can roam the entire city vacuuming, vacuuming up free bets, free slot spins, gifts, discounted meals, the works. You will see a lot of parts of Las Vegas that first-time visitors miss because there's so much to do on the Strip. And they never really get to any of the other things that are just a block away this way, a block away that way, downtown, any of those things. It will be a great way to experience Vegas and keep your costs down. If you choose to plan your trip that way, I'd love to hear about it. I hope that helps. I'm here for any questions, and let us know how that trip goes. Okay, let's do core concept segment next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One of the core concepts that sounds really easy, and it is, is having and using a player's card for casinos where you gamble. And I said, it is easy. Get card, use card. But air quotes, have and use a player's card is just a placeholder for the extreme casinoing concepts, you know, kind of taking off the extreme couponing fad. It's, it's a way to remind us that we have the card so that we can take advantage of all the extra freebies and stuff that casinos are willing to give out to get us there and keep us there. And that's where we can make money even if we lose just a little bit over the course of one particular month. And nothing makes it easier to get valuable comps from a casino than having a casino host assigned to you. So how do you get a casino host assigned to you? What is the process for finding one? Do you interview them? The surprising answer is you don't get a casino host inside them assigned to you. You don't have, you don't get one because you want one. You get a casino host assigned to you because the casino wants you to have one based on your play or tier level. So if you gamble a bunch, someone might introduce themselves, give you their card, and ask if you need anything. You just got a casino host assigned for that property. Keep their card. Email them when you get home and tell them how much you enjoyed meeting them. If you do really well gambling, send them a note or some flowers or a gift card as a tip. Now, how much a bunch of gambling is, is going to vary from property to property. Some places will assign you a host if you're a green chip better. That's $25. And at other properties, even players betting $100 a hand, a black chip, aren't, aren't going to get assigned a host. Some casino reward systems assign you a host when you reach a particular level. Usually the third or fourth tier is what triggers a host assignment. And fair warning, 
you can lose your casino host the same way. At my local casino, I've had two casino hosts unassigned to me. The first time was a couple of years ago. Apparently, even though I maintained my status in the third tier, my level of play didn't qualify me to keep a host that had been assigned to me. And then a few months later, my level of play went back up and a new host was assigned. As I've mentioned, by choice, I don't gamble there much anymore, and I no longer qualify for a host again again. So you don't get a host assigned to you because you want one. Does that mean too bad for you, take whatever free stuff you get and like it? No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way either. As long as you have a player's card and have been using it, you can find a host and ask them to do anything for you that an assigned host would do for you. There's almost always a host on duty in a casino. At bigger properties, there's often a VIP office somewhere in the casino. It might be in or near the lobby or near the high limit room. You can also call the front desk at the casino and ask to speak to a casino host. You can even ask a pit boss if they can have a host come speak to you. They may do that for you, or they may ask you what you're looking for and take care of things themselves. For example, in many casinos, pit bosses are allowed to write what are called discretionary comps. So maybe you say to the, to the pit boss where you've been playing for a while, hey, could you get a hold of a host for me? I want to I ask about something. And they may say, oh, what, what are you looking to do? And you say, well, I was thinking I'd get some lunch. And they may just take care of it right there rather than bringing a host over. Not sure. Depends on the property. Once you do it a few times, you'll get the hang of it. To wrap up, let me show you a couple examples of this based on what I've been doing now, stuff I've documented in the podcast. Um, I don't have a host assigned to me at my home casino yet. I, I need to be another tier higher probably to, to kick that off. So when I get a mailer telling me I have a room comp available, I call the casino, I press two for VIP services, and either a random host answers or I leave a message that I'd like to use my comp, and either way... A host I've never met that isn't assigned to me takes care of everything very quickly. You may recall that several months ago, I spoke to a host at our closest Caesars property because the hotel was sold out on Saturday night. Now, he wasn't assigned to me. He doesn't know me. He'd never met me. But he did what hosts do. He looked at my previous play, and then he looked at my wife's previous play, and suddenly the hotel was no longer sold out. There was a room available Saturday night, and as a bonus, he comped me that night and the next night as well. So even if you don't have a host assigned to you, using the services of a host usually isn't hard to accomplish. You kind of just have to know where to look, who to ask, or what phone call to make. If you're thinking you could use the help of a host, now you know how to find one and kind of how to go about it. We got a lot of traveling to cover, everybody, so let's ramble. So this past week started the way the previous week ended, like one minute after the previous week ended, with Mrs. TRG and I eating room service in a comp room, getting various daily comps, and enjoying a very well-run, very wonderful casino property. But the gambling really didn't go our way. We didn't get beat up at any one table, but we consistently lost small amounts over a variety of tables and machines. Sometimes the days are cold and the cards all fold and the saints we see are all made of gold, I guess. Um, we finished the first two days of the week, losing and spending a little over three days' pay. Fun trip, plenty of lifestyle benefits, but not much winning on the second day. One thing that was really fun was that I had some free bets on our very last day, the day we were really just packing up to leave. It's a long drive back. 
Mrs. TRG's wasn't big enough that she cared to to go back down into the casino and and try to play that little bit of free money. But I decided to get packed early and found a table to play mine, which was admittedly larger than hers by a meaningful amount. And I'm playing with two other people, one older and one younger than me, and they seem to know each other a little bit. And as we're playing, the young man is struggling, and the older man observes that the casino's biggest advantage isn't in the math. The casino's biggest advantage is that they can keep bringing in more dealers and more money. And as players, we eventually run out of time or money or both. Now look, obviously I agreed with him. That's casino wisdom number 47, right? Just stated a bit differently. It's so gratifying when someone older and presumably wiser than I am confirms my ideas that, that I had on my own years ago. So the work week was busy when we got back because I took Monday off. But I finished up Thursday afternoon with some time in my schedule and a room comp at Home Casino, Casino 2. So I'm sitting in the hotel room, getting ready to go to the casino, and I'm looking over the numbers for the month, and we'd lost and spent more than we won at that point, largely from the combination of losing and spending, you know, four days earlier, five days earlier. But uh, as I looked at the numbers, I kept thinking how much I wanted to share them with all of you and the perspective they provided and not just as a kind of days or weeks of winning and losing thing, I, I won this many days, I lost this many days, but as a truly easy to understand comparable set of precise numbers. So sitting there, I came up with something new. I started thinking about what if one day's pay was one American dollar? Could that metaphor be used to share the information in an interesting way? I think it can. Obviously, you'll decide. Here's how I was seeing things as I prepared for an evening of gambling if a day's pay was just $1. For the month, we were still positive money won from gambling, but we had only won a total of $0.28, cents, and we had spent a total of $1.05 to be in the casinos and gambling. So we had covered only a small portion of our costs. The various casinos we had visited had given us comps, gifts, rooms, imaginary money to spend in their casino, free gambling in various forms, etc., etc., the total value of all this largesse, all these gifts from the casino, was $4.60. As I sat in the hotel room, we had spent $0.77 cents to receive $4.60 of value. Obviously, winning fixes everything, but on a value for what we spent basis, we were fine. We'd gotten a whole lot of more value out of the whole process than, than we'd put in, in a dollars and cents term. With that information in mind, off to the casino floor I went. First table was great. Absolutely great. I reached a point where I had doubled my original buy-in after just a, a few shoes. So I have my money, and then I have that much of the same amount of money again, all in chips. And out of that, I took four bets from that stack, that pair of stacks, actually. And I decided I would continue to bet with the same strategy, the same plan, until those four chips were gone, and then I'd leave the table and get some food. Worst case, I would lose one, two, three, boom, 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 boom. I'd lose all those four bets rel rel <laughs> relatively quickly, and I'd leave the table with a six-unit profit. And I did get down to just the last of those four chips a couple times, but then I came back every time. And I was somewhat surprised when I managed to finish the rest of the shoe with just those four chips and add a couple more chips to that win pile that I was going to take out of, the, out of the table with me. So over the next shoe, I had some nice doubles and splits and added both to the stack I was playing with to give me more than four chips to play with, and I added to my win stack as well. This was turning into a really good run and a nice block of time, which meant a nice amount of points. 
Of course, eventually, I lost the chips I was playing with. But by that time, I had managed to stay in the game for almost an entire additional hour on just those chips. And I had won just a little over two and a half days pay. $2.63 if we're using the you get paid a dollar a day standard. I had a couple of additional minor winning tables, a couple of small slot losses, and a nice slot win that more than covered the small losses. The next day, I returned home by way of Casino One and picked up another additional match play bet and a drink comp. I took a tiny, meaningless loss across the combinations of a blackjack table where I won a little bit and two slot machines where I lost a little bit. In the end, I finished the trip with a profit after expenses of $2.44 on that dollar-a-day pay scale. So much of the losses from the beginning of the week erased with winnings at the end of the week. And the month is back on track for a win. I mean, assuming I don't lose and spend it all in Las Vegas. But this week really demonstrates why the core concepts focus on winning the month, not the table or the machine or the day. Next week, we'll review the results for Las Vegas and see how things turned out and see how that impacted the month. And just to set some expectations, this is a trip to show my son, the young squire, Las Vegas for the first time as an adult. We're going to do more touristy things than gambling, and some of the gambling is going to be about him trying to replicate what I do more than the gambling is going to be about me doing what I do. Expenses are going to be higher than normal, and there will be less gambling attempts. I use casino gambling to win profits and to live a casino lifestyle. I'm going to continue to show you both. Some trips are going to be more about profits and points and setting the stage, and December was that. And some are going to be more about lifestyle, and that's what this trip's going to be. So I didn't always understand reward systems as well as I do now. Back in the day, I was pretty ignorant. I didn't have a podcast or online allies to teach me what I didn't know. Join me in the VIP lounge, and I'll tell you kind of what that looked like when TRG really didn't know his way around a reward system. Come in, come in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You probably know what we do in the VIP lounge, but if you don't, let me fill you in. Sips and stories. Almost always. Sometimes the stories have a, a point, but sips and stories. Sparkling or still water. Artisanal sodas, if that's your thing. Plenty of virtual wine, beer, and spirits. My wonderful son's got me a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label as a Christmas gift, and I'm going to enjoy one of those a bit today as part of our time in the VIP lounge. I will remind you that I'll buy you a drink for real in the real world rather than a virtual drink. The way that works is you're in a casino, you're having a drink, take a picture of some combination of yourself and or the drink, post it on one of the social media platforms we're on, tag us and shout us out. If we see your post, and I tell you the guys are being diligent about it, we will get in touch with you and send you the price of a good drink at my local casino, which is $7. We will do this by way of Venmo or PayPal. If you would like to buy me a drink, go to anchor.fm slash casinocombat and click on the donate link. Send whatever you're comfortable with, and the next time I'm in a casino, I'll take a picture of the drink you bought and shout you out as a thank you for buying the Ramblin' Gambler a drink. Many, many years ago, we were planning a family vacation to New York City. And as we were planning it, everyone was kind of looking at it and going, we, we got a lot going on here. We, we need some relaxation time, not just go, 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 see the sights, see the sights, see the sights. So we decided as we were planning it that we'd take a couple less days in New York City and go to Atlantic City by way of the Statue of Liberty on our way out of town for just a few days at the end of the vacation, little beach time. And that was our main interest, beach time. 
and walking the boardwalk and eating junk food and playing carnival games and, and all those touristy kind of things. And that was all way more important than the gambling piece. I mean, at that point in my life, gambling was something I did once or twice a year in Las Vegas. Mrs. TRG and I had been to Atlantic City once years and years before when we didn't have any children, but this was our first trip back in years. So we really didn't know anything about anything. But since the focus for this part of the trip was the beach and the boardwalk, Caesars, right in the middle of everything, was an easy choice. And as a father on a budget, the discount for having a rewards card helped a little bit. We settled into adjoining rooms, and after some beach time the first day, everyone needed to get cleaned up for dinner. So I quickly got in and out of the shower and went down to play a little blackjack while everyone else got put together and showered up. I was playing with an annoying woman who was playing the table minimum and taking lots of hands off to talk on her cell phone while sucking down a bottle of Corona every time the waitress came by. After an hour, I asked the waitress for a Michelob, and she says, Are you Diamond? Yes, I'm mocking her, but that's how she sounded, and maybe in some ways I'm a horrible person. Now remember, I'm pretty clueless. I don't even know that Diamond is the third tier in the reward system at this point. So I tell her, no, I'm not Diamond. I don't even know what that is. And she tells me I can pay for the Michelob or I can have a cup of Budweiser. So I accept the Budweiser, which ends up being four ounces of warm flat beer in a six ounce cup. So now I'm entirely confused. I gesture the floor person over when he isn't busy and I say, I mostly gamble in Las Vegas. I probably just don't understand what's going on. I've been gambling for at least an hour. In that time, the lady to my right, she was on the phone so she couldn't hear me. The lady to my right has been served four bottles of Corona and she's skipped most of the hands and I'm playing about twice as much a hand as she is. Why can't I get one decent beer? And he starts my education. He explains that in Atlantic City, unlike Vegas, at that point in time, for those at less than diamond level, comp drinks were limited to Budweiser, some house wines, and, a, and small pours of bottom shelf liquor. So, education received. The family joins me, and I'm kind of talking about what happened as we head to dinner. And I don't recall where we ate, but of course, there are two lines. One, almost non-existent for diamond and seven stars members, and a much longer one for everyone else. And the young squire asks why we can't use that line, and of course I said... Because we're not diamond. <laughs> so now, from our ignorance, we're getting a bit annoyed by all of this. After dinner, we settled the kids into their room, and Mrs. TRG and I went downstairs to do some gambling. And I want to be very clear here. I detest the idea of anyone leaving young children in a car or a hotel room unattended while they go and gamble. I think that's a sign of a potential gambling problem. But this isn't that. My children at the time were 15, 14, and 10. They all had cell phones and game systems, were well-versed in ordering room service. They were thrilled with the idea that at 10 o'clock, mom and dad were going to get out of their hair for a little while and leave them with two big TVs to themselves in two hotel rooms interconnected where they had snacks and they had no bedtime. They thought it was absolutely great. Of course, as we were gambling, waitresses would come by and offer drinks. And we would say politely, and with no snarky voice, No, we're not diamond, thank you. But in the middle of about every other shoe, I would ask them to mark my spot, and I'd walk across the casino to the bar, and I'd buy us each a drink. Because if I got them from the waitress, I was meant to pay for them anyway, or drink really crappy drinks. So, very passive-aggressive, I'm sure. 
and it was childish and it was intentionally childish. I was annoying the pit boss on purpose by taking up a spot without wagering for half a shoe every other shoe. And I was annoying the waitress because she wasn't getting tipped. And my logic at the time was, if you can't give me a decent beer and a glass of wine for my wife, you get to be annoyed and I'll play less hands. Childish, as I said, but we all learn and grow. So family being families, you're not diamond, became a running joke for the next few days of the trip. Certainly when we were interacting with the casino, but even more among the boys themselves. So my oldest, the heir to the throne, would say to the young squire, can you pass the salt? And the response would be, no, you're not diamond. (laughs) Or my middle son, the mad scientist, would ask his mother if he could have a milkshake with lunch. And she would say, no, you're not diamond. Look, of course, the salt got passed and the milkshakes were permitted, but it was a family joke for a long time. And it's a great casino memory now that we're all older and wiser regarding how things work. If you are looking for casino chips in the episode, there are 10 from the first moment of the episode to the last moment of the episode. So if you're playing that game, you're looking for 10 casino chips. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. Don't tip away your wins, though. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I do hope you understand I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everybody.